share a word called the cry of purpose. Everyone say the cry of purpose. For you listening by podcast, we welcome you this morning. And also want you to know at the end of this illustrated message, there is an illustration. We hope you'll be able to hear the people and what they're doing, but hang with us till we close. This morning, if you turn to the book of Exodus, everyone say Exodus, chapter 2, and chapter 2, and we're going to turn there this morning for the cry of purpose. Okay, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and she bore a son. And when she saw him, someone say, and when she saw him, he was a beautiful child. And she hid him three months. And the Hebrew, that beautiful child means well-favored. She saw there was favor upon her purpose. And I pray this morning to challenge you that there is favor upon your purpose in this lifetime. She saw he was a beautiful child, and she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in the river's bank. And his sister stood off to see what would happen. Then the daughter of Pharaoh, someone say, God always has somebody. Come on, he does. Daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and she walked along the river bank. And when she saw the ark, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it up, when she saw the child underneath the protective covering the mother had given him, behold, the baby cried. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. She heard, I believe, the cry of this baby's purpose, which was Moses. Psalms 57 and 2. I will cry out to the Most High God who fulfills His purposes for me and surely completes them. Someone say, I will. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the anointing upon your word. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to speak to my friends, my family of God in this room. Speak to those who are listening. But come, Lord, and say what you want to say. Holy Spirit, speak what I don't even speak. Be who you are, and that is the mighty God. I welcome you, sir, and I ask you to change our lives and our direction. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, she did not come to teach. (laughs) If you want to hear me teach, you come on Wednesday night. Of course, I, I, I get out there and preach quite a bit on Wednesday, don't I? But I didn't come to teach this morning. You join me next session for that thing, but I came to preach. So rev yourself up and get ready. Are you ready? Here it is, the cry of purpose. This is an unbelievable time because the curtain closed in the book of Genesis. Everyone say Genesis. And Joseph was at the right hand of Pharaoh. Joseph, part of Israel, God's people, part of you and I. And he's robed in a regal robe with a regal ring on his hand. And he's ruling. And everything that meant to bring evil in his life is brought good. And God had positioned his people. But the curtain comes up in the book of Exodus. And the glory is seen in a different way. You see, it is God's decision to show his glory in the way he wants to show his glory. Can I get an amen? God is setting in motion a plan conceived 400 years 
earlier when Joseph went into Egypt. But who knew the glory would show up like this? Who knew the glory would show up in the middle of your addiction? Can I get an amen? Who knew that the glory would show up in the middle of your mental illness? Who knew that the glory would show up in the middle of the trial? But God thinks he is God and he will do what he is predestined to do. And he will show his glory on your weakest day, your strongest day. Never count out that God is going to show up and be God. Someone give him a praise in this house this morning. The timing of God is perfect. God organizes events in a way that people can only see his thumbprint. God does not want to see your thumbprint upon your life, though he uses you. God wants to do things in your life that when people look from the outside in, they say there's no way that she could have made that happen. There's no way that he could have made that happen. Only God, who is at the center of the universe, could have healed that, delivered that, restored that, accomplished that by his grace. Someone give him a shout of praise this morning. God wants to be seen, and he has been seen. I'm sure Jehoshaphat thought, what a crazy time to be pregnant. I think sometimes I hear people say, this is a crazy time to be alive. A crazy time, the last days. Guess what? God put you at this time on this earth for his purpose. Someone say his purpose. I'm sure she thought, what a crazy time to be pregnant. Because in the book of Exodus chapter 1, it says that a new king arose in Egypt. A king who did not know the favor upon God's people. Sometimes you're going to buck up and bump in to people who do not know that the Lord has favored you. They are going to strategize. They are going to organize your downfall or things to be taken from you. But I'm going to tell you something. You may bump up into somebody who does not know that God has favored you. But I'm going to tell you this morning that God will always have the last word. Can I get an amen? And this Pharaoh arose to destroy the destiny of God's people. In fact, most of you know the story. He said the people of Israel are too mighty. They are too plenteous. We must afflict them with burdens. Have you felt burdened lately? The book of Daniel says that in the last days, the enemy shall try to wear out the saints of the Most High God. He will try to wear you out, to burden you. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says in the book of Peter, my friends, on Wednesday night, that we cast all of our, because he cares for us. Amen. Someone say amen. But he put taskmasters on them. He made their life bitter. What he was trying to do, Joel, is steal the destiny of God's people. And when the enemy comes in to overburden you, overwear you out with thoughts and perplexity and complexity of mind and spirit, he's coming to wear you out, to rob you of your destiny, to rob you of what you cannot see. If I could flip on a heavenly ultrasound this morning and you could see inside of yourself, you would see there is still so much destiny to come forth through you that the best is yet to come. You may have done some things for the kingdom, but you have not seen the Word says, eye has not seen nor ear has heard what God has prepared for those who put their trust in him. Can I get an amen? And Pharaoh tried to burden them down. And then they kept having these babies. The spirit of the enemy in this day is trying to wear out God's people. He's trying to push back the destiny. Even in America, I'm not going to get political, but he's trying to rob what is on the forecast of God for this nation. He is fighting with all of hell's hordes to stop the window that God is trying to open up for this great missionary called America. But what happened, he said to the midwives, when they give birth to a boy, kill him. 
a girl, let her live. He was trying to cut off this going any farther. But the midwives feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. God is looking for a people that will fear God among anything, among any earthly allegiance, among any earthly alliance, among anything, any secular culture that's going on. God is looking for men and women that will say, there may be a lot of things that make me afraid, but I fear God above everything else. Someone give him praise this day. And the Hebrew midwives feared God more. And so they saved the babies. And then they lied about it to Pharaoh. And they said the women are strong. And they were. The Israeli women, they delivered the babies before we can get there. Well, it wasn't true. But what they were saying is, we're not going to follow your evil decree. There's a lot of evil decrees that might come forth in the land. You've got to follow the word of God in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? You see, God is orchestrating something so powerful in timing. And here is Jehoshaphat, and she's got her purpose. And when the baby cries out, she sees my purpose is well favored. Even though the voice of the land is saying, kill this thing. I'm going to tell you today, my brothers and sisters, there will never be a day. And I heard this from Dr. Fuchsia Pickett, who died when she was in her 90s. I was at her home going greatest Bible teacher ever walked the planet of the earth and I heard her say to this day the voice says to my mind your destiny does not matter you will never live upon the earth that the enemy won't try to derail what God put in you at your birth and change it Ephesians 3 and 11 says to the intent that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known everyone say by the church by the church to principalities and powers in darkness and powers and principalities are looking in to see how we the redeemed are going to carry the purpose the destiny you see Jehoshaphat had a little baby named Moses and they were waiting for the deliverer but you and I have Christ Jesus who is the hope of glory someone say amen hey come on give him praise this morning hallelujah so here she is. Maybe she would know what would come in Psalms 37 and 5. Commit your way to the Lord and he will bring it to pass. Open up before God and he'll validate your life. I love this, the message says. And stamp you with approval at high noon. You know what high noon means, a shootout. It means when a shootout comes, God is going to say, you may not know I have favored this son of mine. You may not know I have favored this daughter of mine. But when they received Jesus Christ, they received according to the book of Peter again, all the favor that is in Christ Jesus, the Son, the Lord, the King of kings, and the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Somebody praise him this morning. So what will you do if you are Jehoshaphat? And the voice around you, the secular voice says, your destiny can't live. The voice of your past says your destiny can't live. Your purpose can't go forth. You know that spouse is not with you. You know that thing is a barrier. This is a barrier. That is a barrier. What will you do? I want to tell you something this morning. Disappointments, detours, experiences, and fear will try to rival you for control. Everything you've gone through that you couldn't understand will try to dominate your thought life, your faith, your hopes, and especially your prayers and your destiny. Those disappointments will rear their ugly head and say, bow down to me. Those fears will rear its ugly head and say, bow down to me. They will try to dominate your thought every time you think, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get over this. I'm going to get my destiny. I'm going to do what God's put me on the earth. That thing will say, bow down. But here's what I want to say to you. When that moment, Jehoshaphat, 
Jehoshaphat could have listened to the voice that said, it's almost been this many years and God has not sent his deliverer. What makes you think your destiny is so special? That didn't work and that didn't work. You see, that voice will say, it didn't work out last time you prayed. Last time you got in the way of the Lord and you, you said, I'm going to do right. I'm going to get in there. And then this happened. And that's going to rear its ugly head. That closed door maybe on a job. That no on a bank loan you wanted to get for a house. That relationship that did not end well. That broken trust. That relapse in a season where you made it seven months. But now it's nearing the seventh month and you're scared. What will you believe God for? What can Jehoshaphat do when the voices around her of the age are saying this thing has to die? I like to say it this way. It's like if you planned a trip, a bucket list trip to an exotic country. You bought, your tickets were bought. You packed your bags. You drove. You, you flew. And then you drove to the cruise line because you're going to go to this exotic place you've always wanted to go. And right when you're about to board the ship, track with me if you can, you get, understand that the trip has been canceled. No, not postponed, canceled. Everyone say canceled. Everyone say canceled. So you go back home. See yourself unpacking that bag. See yourself taking out everything that you bought for this trip. That's all your hopes and expectations. You're putting them back up. You're, you're putting everything as you do. You're just, I can't believe this has happened. I worked for years for this. I can't believe this has happened. You take your suitcase back in and you put it in the closet and then you just sit down on the lazy boy and you say, you know what? I am never believing for anything else. If that didn't go the way I want it to go, I'm not going to believe for anything else. But what do you do when you get a call and they say, you know that trip you wanted to go on? It's eight months down the road. Well, it's back on. Will you, that will be your defining moment. Will you say, I am not going to bow down to disappointment. I am not going to bow down to my expectations of the past. I am not going to bow down to things that didn't go the way I wanted them to go and I don't understand. You see, I can bow down to the things in my life that didn't go the way I had hoped or I can say the king is still on his throne. I believe the Lord will appoint another day. My expectation is not in that experience. Experience. It is not in that trip. My expectation is of the Lord, the God who calls the light out of dark, the God who steps on the center of the earth and created it, the God who sent his son, the God who holds all power in his hand. What will you do this morning, brothers and sisters, in that moment where you believe like Jehoshaphat, that purpose excels in desperate, inconvenient, don't have enough, don't feel like it's circumstances. Will you believe it? You see, Jehoshaphat looks weak. Joseph looked regal, but the glory of God is on her. You think in your weak moments that God cannot bring through destiny in you, you are sorely wrong this morning. In our weakness, he is made strong. In fact, I have said over and over again through my years of preaching, the greatest anointings and moments of my life is when I have felt the weakest. When I just grabbed hold of some pulpit and dragged myself up to it and knew the word was there and I was going to do it and the anointing was there. My weakest moments, whether it was Queen for Day, Esther, or things our church do, our sermons, it's that moment when I just said, I don't think I can that God said that's okay you just back up girl and let me get in the way because all power rests in me and I am in you I am the Holy Spirit God with you is awesome we learned Wednesday night but God in you is so much more powerful give him a hand clap of praise will you know that you my brothers and sisters are part of God's mandate in the earth you Ephesians 1.11, in him also we've attained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. 1 Corinthians 12 and 6 in the Phillips translation says, God works through different people in different ways, but it is the same God. Someone say the same God 
who achieves his purposes through it all. So here is Jehoshabed. And who's got her back? Who's got Jehoshabed's back? Who is backing up Jehoshabed this morning? Who is standing behind her this morning? Who is supporting her this morning? Who is with her this morning? She looks so alone on the shore. She looks like no one is with her. But I've got Sarah backing her up this morning. I've got Joseph backing her up this morning. I've got Enoch backing her up this morning. You see, I'm going to show you who's got your back. People that prayed for you four generations back have put seed in the earth that's kept you alive. Come on. You say, well, I come from a long line of mass murderers. Well, you know what? Somewhere back in that mass murderer was a great, great grandmother who said, the Lord bless you. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless my children and my children's children and my children's children and their children too. Come on, somebody. Somebody put prayers in a heavenly time capsule and we don't know when they're going to be broken open, Tanner, but they seeded them into the earth. You think you got here? Oh, I'm getting ready. You think you got here by yourself? You think you got here on your talent? Woo! You got here because somebody before you said, let my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren rise up to fulfill the will of the Lord. Somebody praise him in this house. Come on, put your hands together. She looks alone on the shore. With baby Moses. She's going to put him in that basket. Heaven is looking at her. Hallelujah. Heaven is saying to each one of us in this room this morning. Don't judge by appearance. Because Joseph looked glorious. Oh he didn't look glorious when he was in prison. And all that. We'll get to that in a moment. But he looked glorious as Genesis closed out. Regal. A hundred servants probably. And he was God's man. But God's woman in Exodus. Which stands for God's man and woman. For each person in this room. Is holding her baby, saying, this thing's got to live. And that's your purpose. That's what you're holding right now in your heart, your purpose, why God has you here. You see, the Bible says in Colossians 2 and 9, in him, speaking of Jesus, everyone say Jesus, in the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwell in him, and you are complete in him. That means what was backing her up was the fullness of the Father. The one who made the decision to bring light out of dark, who spoke the world out of nothing. Behind her was the fullness of the Son, Jesus Christ, who had the eye of the tiger to finish his work. Behind her was the fullness of the Holy Spirit, grace and righteousness. When you can't, the Godhead can. When you can't, the Godhead can. When you can't, the Godhead can. When you can't, the angels can. When you can't, the great hall of witnesses can. You see, they are backing you up. Hebrews 12 and the Amplified, we are surrounded. Everyone say, surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses who have borne testimony to the life of faith. So let us run with patience. I tell you, patience, encouragement, endurance. I love it when I see someone just keep pushing. They don't let it get down. Just push through, push through. Steady and active persistence. The appointed course that is set before us. Do the right thing in spite of your feelings. As we learned in the book of Philippians, it is God in you who causes you to want to obey him. So she had some backing her up. This morning, she had Enoch backing her up. I just want you to listen to this story quickly because I got to move fast. You see, Eve had two sons and one killed another, Seth and Cain. Abel and Cain, I'm sorry. One killed another. And then it looked like everything was over. They got dispelled from the garden. But the Bible says that the Lord, everyone say the Lord, visited Eve again. And she gave birth to a child named Seth. This is so important. 
And Seth's name means God has appointed another seed for me. What does that mean? It means when your first chance didn't work out, God comes on the place with a second chance. Can I get an amen? When you think you forfeited your destiny and your thing has killed your thing and every you've sinned, you bit the apple, everything looks over, God said, are you the one writing this story or am I the one that's writing this story? And God gives her a baby. She names him Seth. God has appointed another seed. Seth began to grow. He gave birth to a man named Enosh. So important. It says, in the days of Enosh, men began to call on the name of the Lord again. They said that Adam hid in caves. They said that Adam, according to Jew, uh, J Jewish history, Adam hid in cave. He had so much depression over losing the garden. But his great-great-grandson, Enosh, must have been bugging him like grandchildren do. Come on. Come on, great-granddaddy. Tell me what it was like to walk with God. We don't know that. You walked in the garden. You talked with him. Come on, granddaddy. Tell me about it. And I believe that child opened up Adam to begin to talk about the favor of the Lord so much that Enosh said the promise is to my people and my children I don't care what's behind the human race I'm going to call on the name of the great I am can I get a witness in this house and Enosh birthed Enoch Enoch came from this line of those that said we're going to walk with God again I'm going to tell you something you may come from eight generations of mass murderers but guess what? You can break that curse in Jesus' name. And Enoch decided, I'm going to break that curse. Enoch decided, I am going to walk with God. He's backing her up. We have Sarah, who the Bible said laughed in the face of God when God said, I want to do the impossible in your life. I want to do something you can't believe. And the Bible says that Sarah laughed in his face. And I like to say it that God just left her a calling card. Said, you know what, Sarah, that's okay. When you're ready to rethink what I said, you give me a call. Here's my calling card, 1-800-GREAT-I-AM. Come on, somebody. You give me a call. When you're ready to rethink what is possible, all you're standing is what is impossible. But why don't you look to me to be possible? And I love that the Bible didn't leave it there, but in Hebrews 11, 11, the Lord tapped on the head of the great scribe named Paul and said, uh, in, rewrite her story. It left her there. She was laughing in my face. Tell it right here in Hebrews 11, 11, how she got herself together. And it says, by faith, Sarah strengthened herself in the Lord and believed that she could conceive what God said she could conceive when her body was good as dead. And here's the cue, because she stopped judging herself and she judged him who is faithful. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And we have Joseph, who've already spoken of, who had a dream as a child. He had a dream of what he could do for God. He had a purpose. He had a calling. But we know he was betrayed. We know he was sold out. We know he was falsely accused. He spent time in the dungeon. He spent time in the prison. But at the very unexpected moment, someone say, there's a suddenly coming. And all of a sudden, in a suddenly, God reversed it and God remembered him. Though God was with him all the time, according to Psalms 103, he did not let his arms get bitter. He did not let the bitter archers, the Bible says, make his bow firm. But the Lord kept him steady. And instead of going after those who had tried to hurt him, Joseph just kept being faithful and serving the Lord. And guess what? In the end, the great I am plans were accomplished somebody give God praise and he said to his brothers what you meant for evil God meant for good 
and the saving of many lives. If he had not said that, standing before him was Judah, which the line of the tribe of Judah would come through. It dawned on me one day as Pastor Hank and I were driving down the road, I said, wait a minute. And Pastor Hank always looks at me like, oh, Lord, what's coming? I said, wait a minute. If Joseph had not forgiven Judah, I was getting the revelation for myself. Jesus was in the lineage of Judah. Sometimes we got to realize that when we forgive people, we are setting them free to bring the purpose of Jesus. Someone praise him. Come on. And besides all of this, there's angels up here. Think about the people in your life, your grandparents. Someone, someone that's believed in you. Someone that's gone to heaven. My grandparents would be behind me. Both sets of my grandparents. My son Angel would be behind me, that great witnesses. I have cousins and great grands behind me. We can't see them, but the Bible says they're just like one step in another realm. And they're pushing, and the angels are too. So when Jehoshaphat looks so small and so alone on her shore, and she reaches back her purpose, when she does, when she goes to put it out, heaven puts it out with her. Come on, somebody, give him praise this morning. Come on, somebody, give him praise. You see this? Come on, somebody, give him praise. This is what's backing you up. When you take that weak walk out to the shore, and you feel alone, and you make a right decision, and you do what's right, and you get back in the place God has called you. You are not alone. You're going forth, but heaven's got two hands, four hands, six hands, and a whole host of angels pushing you forth. Somebody give him praise. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Come on, give him praise. Let me move quickly through three purposes as we get ready for our ending here, but I'm going to move these three purposes. I believe it was the cry of purpose. We're going to come back to Jehoshaphat that was calling out through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fire. James and Peter both taught us on Wednesday night, think it not strange when you go through a fiery trial, but we always think it's strange, don't we? I can't believe this is happening to me. Well, the Lord told you it would happen. Come on, somebody. But we all do it. We think it's strange. I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh, I'm the worst. The Bible says that they heated up the fire seven times hotter because they would not bow. You know the story. If you, if you ever watched VeggieTales, you should know the story. Anyway, the, they heated up the fire seven times hotter, and they wouldn't bow to Nebuchadnezzar. They said, no, we're only going to serve the Lord. You know that story, so let's leave that there and go to where I'm getting bit. Threw them into the blazing hot fire. Let me tell you something. When you're going in through a fire, you think this is going to be the last of me. Anybody ever said this? This is going to be the death of me. This is going to be the end of me. They could have thought that, but these men were thrown in, and the men that threw them in, their clothes were burnt, and they were burnt. But these men, it says, fell down. Everyone say, fell down. Fell down with bonds. Everyone say bonds. That means chains into the furnace. They fell down. And when they fell down, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. I believe in that moment it was the cry of purpose going up from Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, I mean from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before the throne. Don't let those three die. Their story is going to inspire nations. Let me present to you this morning by submitting this consideration from the heavenlies. You in the middle of your fire, you in the middle of your hard time, there is a cry of purpose going before the throne. Don't let her give up. Up. Don't let him give up because their life is going to speak to so many and so many are going to come to know Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness this morning? And it says Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he said to his satraps and his leaders, did not we throw three men in the fire? Oh, true, true, oh king, true. Well, look, I see four men and they're all loose. Someone say loose. I'm going to tell you a little secret consideration about fires that we go through and that means trials, hard times, pressure. 
it will burn off the bands off of our hand. God does some things through hard places that can't come anyways. It burns off pride. It burns off insecurity. It burns off fear. I don't like it, but it does. But you see, they were pulled out. The fourth man was Jesus, and we know that. But it said they came out with no smell of smoke, no singed hair. And uh, that's when Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servant, who trusted in him. This is what Nebuchadnezzar said. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or large, speaks against the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, shall be cut into pieces, and their houses will be burned down. You want to talk about divine reversal? There you have it. You want to talk about thinking it's the end of you, but it actually brings kings and kingdoms to the knees. One day we're going to hear the behind-the-scenes stories of what went on in our behalf on the hardest moments of our life. Then we will only realize that divine intervention is hard to understand when you're in the middle of it, but be encouraged. The drama you see pales in comparison to what you can't see. Someone give Jesus a hand this morning. And how about Hannah, the cry of her purpose? She knew she had something inside of her. She wanted a son. She wanted a child. Delays bring miracles. Hang with me. People who, des who uh, deserve the fulfillment of promises in their life or desired it often had to experience a delay. A delay is to get you to ask for something bigger than what you were first asking for. It's just a time period. You see, all she wanted a son, God wanted a prophet. God wanted a man that was going to change Israel, whose words would never fall to the ground. But all she was asking for, and her rival, Peniah, who is just a meanie, meanie, she is just provoking her and being mean to her. And Hannah is so overwhelmed. She's being taunted. Uh, Peniah is rubbing it in. I'm going to tell you, your adversary, the enemy, he will consistently try to rub into you when things didn't go right for you. He'll try to rub in things you don't understand. Oh, he's never going to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, Woo, ain't God good? Just think what he did for you in 2004. Wasn't it fabulous? Just get up and dance a jig right now at 3 a.m. No, he don't wake you up in the middle of the night. He makes you up in the middle of the night to rub in things that went different than what you thought they were going to go different. Can I get an amen? And Hannah there was before the priest, and she was crying. She was praying, and here's the deal. That delay showed her that God had more in his heart for her than she had in her own heart. This morning, this morning, sometimes you're being delayed, and you might say, I want this job. And God said, no, I want you to have a job where you're going to rule and reign. You say, I want a spouse. And God said, well, bad boy Billy ain't going to do. Somebody with me. So I'm going to make you wait, or, or, or Sister Sinister Sally, whatever. God's going to make you wait. You see, he wants to give you a job with purpose. He wants to give you a spouse that will use the redemptive purposes of Christ in you. The psalmist said, my soul waits for God alone, my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. Someone say amen. And I'm going to tell you something. The priest thought she was drunk. You know the story, got to move fast. And she said, I am not drunk. I am so grieved. We get so grieved about things in our life that are delayed and waiting. We don't know who to blame. She didn't know who to blame. Her husband, her enemy. She didn't know who to blame for the lack of this thing coming to pass. But finally, she lays it all down on the altar and says, I'm tired of blaming Bob and Billy and Callie and Dooley. I'm, I'm, I'm 
tired of blaming this experience in my past and that experience in my past. I'm going to lay this on the altar because I believe there's something in me that can change the world. Everyone in this room has it. I believe there's destiny, so I'm going to pour out my complaint. Some of you need to lock yourself up with the Lord and cry out to Him and tell Him what you won't tell nobody else. Shut the door. Go walk in the woods. Do whatever you need to. Get in your car. Roll up your windows. Cry your head off and say, I don't understand that. If I'm somewhere I can't say it out loud because I don't want nobody to hear. I tell my husband everything, but I don't want to hear him, him to hear my complaints I might have with the Lord. In my mind, I'll just walk and tell him, I'm crying out about this. I don't understand this, Lord. I don't get this, Lord. I don't know what's happening, Lord. But I'm going to tell you, I have never cried out to the Lord like that, that he hasn't lifted me back up. It may take 24 hours. It may take 32 hours. It may take 40 minutes. It may take a week. But eventually, he's going to lift you up out of that complaint and put your feet on a firm place. Somebody give him a shout this morning. God gave her that baby, and I want to read you her song of praise. Mary quotes it in the New Testament. Let me read out the message. She had that baby. His name was Samuel, and she named him. I asked of you, Lord. What that meant was, Lord, I was just asking for just simple. I just want a baby to shut up that rival of mine. I just, God, I just didn't want to be viewed as being cursed anymore, God. But, Lord, my weight has made me ask you for something greater, Lord. I've asked you for something greater. If you would give me a child, I will give him to you. And that's when the Lord said, bam, there it is. Because I was waiting for a woman to bring a prophet by the name of Samuel who would lead Israel back. So after he was born, she said, I'm walking on air and I'm laughing at my rivals. In the day of my salvation, nothing and no one is as holy as God. God knows everything. He takes the measure of everything that happens. God sets everything right. Someone give him praise this morning. Isaiah 30 and 18 says, God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious. He's waiting strength to show mercy to you. God does everything. I want you to say, God does everything right. Wait on the Lord. You'll be so glad. One of my favorite statements. The only thing worse than waiting on the Lord is wishing that you had waited on him. Daniel. I believe the cry of his purpose was going before the throne. I believe when the people tried to stop his purpose and they they got the king to write a decree saying you can't you can't pray and they knew Daniel went three times a day to pray and they the king made a decree put his signets anybody's going to go in the lion's den that prays and he loved Daniel he was tricked into it sometimes people coming against you are just tricked into it he was tricked into it and Daniel went home and opened his window and this is the thing I've often said Misha Bolton said, Daniel, it was just 30 days you couldn't pray. Really, is that any freaking big deal? Most people don't pray in 30 days. Oh, I'm coming out of that one. Um, you know, D Daniel, you know, it's just 30 days. What's the big freaking deal? But you see, Daniel knew he had a destiny and a purpose. He knew he had found Jeremiah's scrolls and that Israel was going to get released from Babylon and go back. The reason you can go to Jerusalem today is because of Daniel's prayers. God's sovereignty, but Daniel's prayer. The reason you can fly over to Jerusalem, you wouldn't even have a Jerusalem if Daniel had not accepted his purpose. I'm going to tell you this morning, there is some purpose in this room that's going to change people in a way you cannot imagine. And the enemy is going to try to work it out of your hand in any way that he can. So there was Daniel. He prayed, and we know what happened. He got thrown into the lions. And I love this. Listen to this statement because i got to go fast. It said, so Daniel went into the lion's den, and it said, and they sealed it. Someone say they sealed it. They sealed the lion's den. It wasn't enough to put them in the lions. They wanted to seal it, Stacy. 
And when they sealed it, this is the statement that's in the Bible. You just can't make this stuff up. Well, you could. I guess you could make it up. But anyway, it wouldn't work. It said, so Daniel went into the lion's den, and they sealed it so the purpose of Daniel could not be fulfilled. There are some decrees against you today by the enemy. He does not want your purpose to be fulfilled, Jessica. He does not want your purpose to be fulfilled, Christine. He does not want your purpose to be fulfilled, Tatum. You see, there was a decree that the purpose might not be changed. But how many know there was somebody watching over that purpose? There was somebody, come on, give him praise, that had already written the book. And the Bible says that the king could not sleep that night. The next morning, he ran because he loved Daniel. He'd been tricked into this. And he yelled, oh, Daniel. Did God send his angel to you? Are you okay, Daniel? And Daniel said, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. Daniel was alive because Daniel trusted the Lord. Daniel was there. Daniel was going forward because in the time when the lion, Satan's like a roaring, seeking whom he may. And in that time, Daniel said, I will not be afraid. I've got purpose. I've got destiny. Let the lions roar. But the cry of my purpose is going before the throne room. Someone give God a hand. Divine reversal. Okay, keep tracking. We're almost done. Divine reversal. Let me say this. And then Nebuchadnezzar wrote this. You can't make this stuff up. You see, going into the lion's den, it was the last thing that would have to be the worst thing. But coming out, Daniel brought a king to his knees and an evil kingdom down. There are some kingdoms in this world. There are some kingdoms in this world that are going to come down because of some of your stories. There are some kingdoms of addiction that are going to come down because of your story. There are some kingdoms of lost identity that are come down because of your story. There's some kingdom of bankrupt, divorced, and all those busted, disgusted that are going to come down. There are some earthly kings that reign in the principalities and the powers that God is going to use your story to bring forth glory. Someone say, Amen. So Nebuchadnezzar said, For God is the living God, and steadfast forever his kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. His dominion shall endure forever. He delivers and he rescues and he works signs and wonders. This is Nebuchadnezzar giving praise to God. Who has delivered Daniel from the lion's den? Let me tell you, a decree may have been written about you, Shanice, but in the heavenlies, another decree has been written. I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to use this for my good because I hear the Cry a purpose. Someone give him praise. Chris, if you'll get ready, if you'll come up and help me. Peter, we've just studied him, so I'm going to be so brief. Just pass by. In the moment of his denial, when he became the prodigal, we already went there, my friends. Oh, my Wednesday night friends, I love you. I love you Sunday people too, so much. When he denied Christ, in that moment, just like you and me, when we sinned, as Beth Moore says, I didn't need... I didn't, I didn't, devil didn't have to look for any material. I gave him so much in my own life, my own sins, my own failures. I gave him so much material. I have too, and you have as well. And you see, in that moment, Peter could have said, my grief is going to overcome me. My regret is going to take me down. I'm tempted to give up. But I believe the cry of Peter's purpose was going before the heavenlies. Don't let that apostle die. He's going to preach on Pentecost. And 3,000 are going to come home to Jesus. Right now, he looks like a loser. He looks weak like Jehoshaphat. But he's going to rise up after this. He's going to be so strong that he is going to raise up the New Testament church. He's going to be so powerful, he's going to teach. He's going to be so powerful that when he walks by people, his shadow heals people. 
You can't imagine, as we said Wednesday night, in the moments of your despair and your defeat, you can't imagine that you would rise up in so much strength. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. That word in the Greek means who gives me power. Peter walked in so much anointing. They just laid the bodies and he walked by. But in the moment, listen to me by the Spirit. In the moment of his addiction, let me play this where we are. In the moment of his fourth divorce, in the moment of his despair, in the moment of his cutting, in the moment of his pornography, in the moment of her fear, in the moment of her tragedy, in the moment of her runaway from home, the purpose cried out. Jesus said, I know you can't see it. And right now, I'm going to tell you by the Spirit of the Lord, God is looking into pig pens, not in this room where prodigals are sitting. And God sees great Peters and Esthers. Oh, hallelujah. God sees them rising up. Others can't see it. They're in the jailhouses. They're in the prisons. They're in moments of despair. They may have relapsed 175 times. I could care less and neither could God. And God says, don't you judge by what you see. I know what's in this one. You may count him out, but I'll raise him up to make Lazarus look like a tea party. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Give him praise. You don't know the people you're going to influence. In Jesus Christ, in Gethsemane, when he prayed, Father, not my will, but yours. Father, I don't want this. And his sweat became his blood. He went to because he, he heard he didn't want it. The Bible says he despised the shame. He knew what the shame would be. He despised it. But he said, for the joy that was set before him, he kept going. In that moment of the garden, the Bible says an angel came and ministered to him. That angel. I'm going to tell you, the Bible shows you things because you can't see them in your own life. And in moments of your despair, an angel is sent in, Tony. You don't even know it. You just know that the next morning you feel a little better. You just know that the next day you have a little bit more hope. The Bible shows you these things so you will know when you can't see them what's happening. And that angel ministered to Jesus. I don't know everything he said. It's too holy. But I'm sure he said something like Jesus. It's going to be bitter. But you know, you chose us from the beginning. The Father chose you. You know the Spirit will walk with you all the way to the end of Jesus. Then the Spirit, after three days, He's going to resurrect you. Jesus, if you allow me, Lord. You can't see the thousands of faces from the moment of your crucifixion to 2020. But there are thousands who will call on your name. They'll whisper your name in the midnight hour. They'll whisper your name in pain. They'll whisper your name in sickness. They'll witness your name. They'll speak it. And they'll call on you, Jesus. You can't see it in this moment. But Jesus. And he strengthened him. And Jesus walked all the way to Calvary. We used to sing a song growing up. He could have called 10,000 angels. Because he looked at Pilate and he said, don't you think you take my life from me? Don't you think you do? I could say one word and my father, when he would have sent every angel that ever existed to just destroy the earth and say, it's okay, Jesus. It's okay, Jesus. You don't have to do this. He said, don't you think my father, that's why he wept. Don't let my will be done. 
But don't you think that I couldn't call? He could have called, but he didn't. He went on for my purpose, for you. He wore our crown, despising the shame to give me freedom, to bring Linda Chapman freedom, to bring Leanne freedom, to bring us freedom. He said, for this reason, I came to destroy the works of the devil. That means to unglue, to untear, to destroy the very works of the devil. And it says in the book of Philippians, therefore, everyone say, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name. That is above every name at the right hand of God Almighty. And God said, my Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand, son, until I make your enemies a footstool to lay your feet. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And Jesus now has a name that is above cancer. He has a name that is above depression. He has a name that is above addiction. He has a name above false accusation. He has a name above pornography. He has a name above fear. He has a name above oppression. He has a name above every name in the heavens and the earth. Nothing underneath the earth or above the earth can ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Give him one more prayer in this house so let us end those purpose I've tried to let you hear what the cry I wish I could open the heavens and let you hear the cry of purpose for you for Moses when Jehoshaphat opened it and that cry was well favored I believe she and Pharaoh Potiphar Pharaoh's daughter heard the cry watch me of Israel saying don't let that baby We've been waiting so long for the deliverer. Don't let him die. Don't let this be it. We've been waiting so long for him. Please, don't let. I know the voices are saying. And that baby, as a weak, it's funny how God uses the weak. As a weak 80-year-old man, Moses, probably with a cane, would make his way every day before Pharaoh when he came back from the wilderness. Some of you haven't even begun. You're just coming out of the wilderness. Don't you judge your season. Come on, somebody. He came before Pharaoh, and he was saying, if you don't let my people go, God's going to do this plague. And Pharaoh would say yes, but then he would change his mind. Moses would go back at night, lay on his cot, and I'm sure he would remember the days of his supernatural deliverance. When everything has left you, remember the day that you received Jesus Christ as Lord. That was your supernatural deliverance. Come on, somebody. If everything fears you and assails you and assaults you, remember the day that he claimed you. That's it. Whatever happens in this earth, the devil cannot pluck you out of his hands. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. And he would go back every day and say, let my people go. Until one morning after the firstborn are dead, can't preach all that. Moses tells the children of Israel, get your things together, pack your bags. You know that trip that's been canceled? It's on. It's on. Did you hear me? God's word to so many in this room is it's on. Your hope is on. Your faith is on. You put it to bed. You put it in the attic. You put it away. But the Spirit of the Lord says your hope is on. Get your suitcase out of the closet. Get your hopes. Pack them back up. Get your shoes on. Get your walking stick on. You're coming out of bondage and out of fear and out of depression in the name of Jesus. Weak as he was. 
And one million plus Jews walked out of Egypt because one little woman, bless you, saw her purpose. This is it. And she trusted it into God's hand. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to stand. Not right now. We've got to do something. But you're going to bring your purpose. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Stacy. If you could hear the sound of the cry of your purpose in the heavens when you were in steeped in deep addiction, you'd be shocked. Behind each one of you is a line, every one of you behind you, of people you can't see that are waiting for a word of encouragement, a strength of hope. The cry when Pastor Hank was deep into cocaine and we were divorced and his I never would have given a penny that that man would have resurrected. Walked off from him because of drugs. Amazing, now that I work with addicts, I cried for the first six months that I held Hope House. I'd say, I left somebody over addiction. Why did I do that? But I was young. I didn't understand. I didn't have hope. But here's the deal. When he was steeped high, and I want to give visuals you don't need, the cry of his purpose of so many men across the world and so many families that have walked up on this mountain was going before the Lord. The cry of Church of the Harvest's purpose was going before the heavenlies. No people couldn't hear, but heaven could hear it. Don't let that man die. Inside of him, he will come to know this woman. They will come together and they will have a heart. They'll be fought like hell at times, but they'll always be pulled out by heaven to do the work of Jesus. And everyone in this room, right now, there's a sound of purpose for your destiny for what you've got inside of you people you've not met yet people you don't know don't let Tasha give up don't let Jean give up there's a purpose still to be birthed don't let Mama Linda give up as she matures there's still so much inside of her don't let Kimmy give up there's so much you see the sound of purpose sounds a lot like this Can you give the Lord a shout of praise all over this house as you stand? Come on. Come on. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise all over this room as you stand? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Unto Jesus. 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 Come on. Keep praising him. Unto Jesus. 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 Now listen, church. Y'all just stay up here where you are, right where you are. The rest of you out there, look at me. You have purpose. Some of those cries, they're going out for you, Autumn. Every person in this room, the enemy wants to wrestle it from your hands. This is what I want you to do in a way that you feel comfortable. I want you just to put your hands out in front of you, if you will, up or out, however that is. And I want you to walk. I know we've got to keep a little distance. I want you to walk like this is the shore. And you're bringing your purpose to the Lord. Just find a place and stand all across this front. Everyone, will you come and place? Just find a place to stand. Hallelujah. You can face me now, everyone. Just turn around, everyone, and face me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, bring it in faith. Bring it in faith. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. You've heard this illustration. You've heard this message. There is destiny in every person in this room today. Bevan, this thing is just trying to choke, but it cannot choke it out. God has already predestined and preordained that which is to come 
through you. You have not seen anything yet. And the cry of your purpose goes to the throne. This thing shall be silenced in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Every person in this altar, the Lord wants you today just to say whatever it is, however it is, Lord. Forgive me that I let my weaknesses get in the way. Forgive me that I let my rivals get in the way. Forgive me that I let my feelings get in the way, Lord. I can't see. I can only see what's around me. I can't see what you're doing in the heavenlies. But this morning, Pastor Rhonda has tried to show me, Lord, what I cannot see. And let me hear what I cannot hear. Let this be the moment I get it right as I lift up my destiny towards you. Now, would you do that? I just want to pray over you. You say whatever you want to say to God out loud or silently about yourself. You make that place an altar right where you are. And I'm going to pray over you too. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand on the shore of your goodness and your glory. Lord, we thank you from the time each of us were in our mother's womb. You called us and you knew us by name. Regardless of the way we were conceived or in marriage, out of marriage, by people in love or by some horrible incident, you knew us and called us. And God, like Moses, you have anointed us not to go pull out a million people out of Egypt, but you've anointed us to be your spokesperson, that our life would speak to others, that the fire that we walk through, the trials, the hard times, the bondages, whatever, the times of waiting, that others would see that your hand is on us. Lord, we know behind each of us is a lot of people we can't see that are saying, don't let that purpose die. Don't let anything distract you, deter you, or get you off track but let my will be accomplished Lord Jesus today I dedicate my purpose to you I dedicate my destiny to you I will not let fear choke me out I will not let my past experience force me down I will not keep sitting in that chair where I've unpacked bags from things I thought should go one way when it didn't go that way but I will Lord hear the word you spoke to Moses Get ready, pack the suitcase, get your hopes and expectations up and begin to believe me that I, the Lord, can do that which seems impossible. I rededicate my life to you today, Jesus. I rededicate my destiny. I'm not looking back. I'm only looking forward today, Lord. Take what's in my hands. Multiply it. Increase it. Use it, Lord. If you can use anybody, you can use me, Lord Jesus. Don't let my life be sidelined, but let me use everything I've gone through to bring you glory, Lord Jesus. Let me use everything I've experienced, every failure to bring you glory, for I know there are others waiting for me to get it right. Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Now, once you lift your hands up, if you would, I'm going to pray over the ministries that we're connected to this church and then over so many but I want to I pray over the ramp and uh, V-O-E-O-C-I but right now let's pray for Church of Harvest would you lift your hand Father in the name of Jesus we pray over the purpose 
of Church of the Harvest. Let her purpose rise before your throne room. Let all the homeless that are going to come in, Lord. Let those that are going to come in and win that have never won before, Lord. Lord Jesus, let that cry go before your throne room, Lord. Protect this church. Protect this property. Protect us, Lord Jesus. Protect the ministries of this church. Protect the hope of this church, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for VOE and OCI, that everyone that will come into them, Lord, that you will pray, Lord, you will keep them, protect them, that every hurting person that's still going to come in there, and for the ramp, Lords, now at OCI, we pray that you would protect and keep them. We pray the cry of their purpose would go before you. Lord, for every ministry in this room that is yet to be birthed, for every idea, every creativity, everything you want, every man and woman in this room, and including this church yet to do, Lord, bring in the streams of revenue. Bring in the streams of glory. Lord, I call into account every dream we've had, every spiritual dream this year of your glory and your goodness. Lord, let it be fulfilled. Let it cry out to you before the heavenlies. Lord God, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, can you give him the best praise? You've given him all morning. Come on, just one more time. Hallelujah.